This is Nobody Likes Casey McLean, with your host, the one and only person who thinks this podcast should exist, Casey McLean. Hello and welcome to the Nobody Likes Casey McLean podcast. I'm Casey McLean. Today's guest is Ronan Hirschberg. He is a buddy of mine. He has a one-man show right now called Ron Millie that he is doing. Uh, it's like every other week or something like that, once a month for free on Zoom. Check it out. We talked about, uh, I think, so I believe we talked, we did a lot of, uh, this was a, a contentious, <laughs> this was a contentious episode. We spent uh, more time than we should have probably me confronting him about ghosting me the last time he was in town. Uh, we also talked about, and this might not be interesting to everybody, but we talked about a recent article that came out um, claiming that there is a huge alt-right presence in comedy, which I disagree with. Uh, so we talked about the author of that comedy article, if you're familiar with comedy journalism, which is just so fucking embarrassing to say, uh, comedy journalism. But if you're familiar with comedy journalism, you probably either know the article or are familiar with the writer. Um, so I hope you enjoy that. If not like this, uh, this episode, we spend a lot of time on kind of inside comedy shit. So, uh, I thought it was incredibly fun by the way. I love Ron on, I think he's very, very funny. And, uh, I'm not just saying that because I'd like to hang out with him the next time he comes to Tacoma, but um, <laughs> we argue a lot in this about, we really get into it. Uh, Ronan's a great dude, and I hope you uh, follow him on Instagram and uh, on, uh, Twitter at, I think it's Ronan Comedy. Uh, go to RonanComedy.com, check out his, uh, his upcoming stand-up dates. He is, I think, one of the most prolific and funny dudes that I've met, and I think you will enjoy his stand-up. Check out, he has, I think, uh, this is not even to kiss his ass, because I almost guarantee he won't listen to this, but uh, he did the, whatever the show is, Late Late Show with James Corden or whatever. I stand by this completely. I think it's the best late night set I've seen since I started doing comedy, and uh, go check that out. It's really, really funny. So... Anyway, I'm not going to bother you much longer. Follow me on uh, all social media platforms at the Casey McLean. I have a bunch of dates changing on my calendar, by the way. So go to thecaseymclean.com/calendar. If you were coming to, if you were out there coming to see me in Oklahoma City, uh, I got canceled from that gig. I canceled in. The, by the way, in this context, canceled means something different. The gig got canceled. I didn't get canceled. Uh, um. So I'm not going to Oklahoma City, but I am going to Boise at the end of March, March 25th and 26th, I think. DKCMcLean.com slash calendar. Check it out. Uh, tons of stand-up dates. I'm he By the way, I think I'm going to try to record something in uh, August in in uh, Appleton, Wisconsin. So if you're, for some reason, listening to this and you're within easy driving distance to Appleton, Wisconsin, come out. Check my calendar. I think it's August 13th and 14th. Uh, maybe it's an album, maybe it's an EP. Uh, I have a lot of thoughts about what it could be. I have a lot of thoughts about burning 100% of my material, <laughs> which who knows? Um, either way, please come, uh, come out if you live in a town that I'm coming to and thank you for listening to this podcast and enjoy Ron on Hirschberg.
Hey. What's up? How's it going, buddy? Good, how are you? Good. I'm wearing your shirt. Oh, look at that. Yeah. Look at that. Is, is that did you have to wait for the dryer to finish so you could put it in? No, it was actually the only uh, clean shirt I had left. It was kind of a coincidence. Oh, wow. That's funny. That's, yeah. So it's last in the rotation. That's what I've just learned. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, that's the only yeah, thing last. I can pull from that. It's uh, And honestly, sometimes I clean my clothes before I even get to it. But uh, this was not one of those times. I guess so it's, it's in called. perfect condition. That's the Yeah, it's pretty good condition. Yeah, I go out of my way not to wear it. But uh, <laughs> sometimes I'm forced to. <laughs> no, I like it. I like it. It's a nice shirt. Thank you. I actually was, uh, I just ordered not, I finally am switching merch up. So. Okay. Um, have you, do you ever sell merch? You just sell albums, right? Yeah. Like when I was on the uh, road. Um, uh, yeah. I never sold t-shirts or anything. Uh, by the way, I'm recording now. So yeah, whatever. This is as on as I'm going to be. So that could be a shift. <laughs> um, the amount of energy I think you deserve for your <laughs> last minute. Uh, what uh, are you talking about? I, I, you're literally the only person I had like a slot to, to, I had like a time frame. You're the only person I messaged today. Oh, well, first no, person but, I thought of. But like, you know, the day of. Oh, let me get my, well, yeah, let me get my, my thing on. What's that? Let me get my Zoom thing on. I got like a little ring light. Oh, wow. The, the Did that make it look better? Are, I think it made it look much worse, actually. Uh, actual fuck. <laughs> really? Is that, that, is that much worse? This is way better than... Is this, this worse? Is than, this is better right now. Whatever you're, well, you have right now. Well, this is the light on. But this oh, okay, is, good. Is this better than it was before I even put the light? Is this better than this? Yeah, it's a little bit better. Right? That's better. So, okay, so this is the scenario. I I uh, It snowed today in Tacoma. Oh, wow. It's, this podcast doesn't come out for like five days, but I was like, Oh shit. I'm home unexpectedly. I can't work because my wife is her school is like uh -huh. operating. And so I was like, the, you know what? This is a great day to talk to my buddy Ron on. And then he just, you just take it as like, Oh, last minute. Fucking. <laughs> do you, do you know anything about these blue Yeti mics? I hate them. What you do. Should I get a yeah. different mic? Uh, I mean, if you've already paid for it, you should why do you hate it? Easy. I just don't like the way they sound. Oh, you don't like the way that so does not sound great? It's uh I think it sounds better than like talking into your webcam mic, but just like if for well, the I money, hope. I think you could do a lot better job. <laughs> oh really? You, you you could get a better mic for the money. Can, is your well also it's like I don't really like you're supposed to put it right in front of you, right? Yeah. But then it kinda like blocks your face. Yeah, there there's uh are are you in the return window? I could recommend you a mic. No, but I'm in the fucking rich from unemployment money window. <laughs> yeah, do you know of one that's like a hundred and like in the hundred area? That's really good. Yeah, I'll send you it. I'll send you. So, do you sound it. better than me right now? Well, hold on. Let me. That's actually a good question because I feel I... like I feel like you don't. But I also have it like right here, which I don't like. Yeah, I think I sound a lot better than you. Really? You sound yeah, better. We, we could put a poll up. I think. I think off to the sides maybe better because then. Uh, by the way, this is just we're fucking grinding into just a hot podcast here. Oh yeah. If people haven't turned this off by now, I mean, um, I assume you have like what four just very loyal listeners. So, <laughs> <laughs> so you know, I if this didn't deter your parents, I don't think. Uh, if, if anything before <laughs> having to turn, I don't think this will. But uh, yeah, maybe I'll get a different mic. Yeah, because you know I'm doing a lot of Zoom shit. 
Yeah, the the one that I'll I'll uh, recommend to you would be good for if you're do, doing like if you want it to feel like stand up cuz I, I know you do a lot of sh- you're doing a yeah. lot of virtual shows right now. It's like a handheld mic that you can also use for podcasts and shit like that. Oh, really? Uh-huh. Yeah, I'll send oh, okay. you a link to it. Um but then so you would never just hold sold... it the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. So you've never sold t-shirts, you have sold albums. You, you actually have a joke about you did a joke you and I did a show together in Tacoma where you did a joke about how hacks sell shirts. Wasn't it wasn't then, part of Off the Grid, my show about my phone? Being yes, broke? yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah I was something like shirts that night. <laughs> yeah, I had a bit. I was making fun of people who sell shirts. I can't remember the. I, I feel like the bit was like it was just talking about how like a stand up will like insert it in there. They'll be like, and then I fucked a duck, or then I punched a duck in the pussy. And then at the end of their show, they're like, and I'm selling shirts later. It's just like a picture of a, someone punching a duck in the pussy. <laughs> like, yeah, and I was like, ah, probably what he said before. But I actually, I remember when I was doing that show, I actually made a shirt of someone punching a duck in the pussy. It had like a prop. I don't think it worked. I think maybe the contradiction of me calling someone else a hack, but then trying to have like a, a prop a joke. Prop. <laughs> but I feel like I don't. Did, do you remember me taking out the shirt then? Or I, I feel no, like I probably, you didn't have the shirt then. I probably had stopped using it at that point. Yeah, but I had the shirt in the act. Or, or maybe I was selling it. Oh, you know, maybe I was selling it after the show. The duck, oh, that's the funny. Duck pussy thing. Yeah, that is a funny. Did, so you do you think you actually sold shirts or? I think I sold maybe one or two. Oh, okay, that's funny. Just, yeah, I, I could only do it like in that pussy kind of ironically cop out way i you know i i make money you know and you have like kids or whatever or one kid or like 12 kids or i can't keep track but like uh (laughs) but like you know i I don't begrudge anyone yeah uh i just think uh yeah i just never got my shit together enough to get shirts yeah it doesn't feel good to do it i will say that um also we i live on the west coast so like we have space to store them Right. That was the other thing. I like traveled very lightly because I didn't have mm-hmm. a I didn't have a a car, and I've only recently reached the level of adulthood where I started like bringing an actual like suitcase. For years, I just had a backpack, you know. So I like oh, wow. just travel everywhere. So I didn't really know how to, you know, and uh, move them around. And I always thought selling albums was more of like the long term. Like, yeah, you make money with shirts. But the albums, that spreads the word, and that's more of a long-term thing. And little yeah. did I know, albums are completely obsolete, and shirts are way better. So Yeah, bef- before I had merch, I was always like, I'm never going to sell merch until it's an album. Because that's like, you're selling your comedy, right? Like it's Right, you're not comedy. here to sell shirts, yeah. Yeah, and then the shirts, like, one, they just sell so well in comparison. And, right. Uh, Two, and also, like, I don't have an album. And three, like you said, like, first off, anyone can go stream your album for free the day yeah. it comes out. Album became kind of pointless. And, you know, yeah, I mean, I think shirts, whatever. I, you know, is it hacky? Yes. So you need the money if you, 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 you know, yeah. I mean, it's hacky, but it's also, you know, it sucks to be broke and not be able to afford to do anything, you know? Right. So, yeah. I mean, it's like, it's like, you're allowed like, a certain amount of hack if you, if you, sure. it's not even hackiness if you need money, you know? Yeah. Like if someone, in a way, hackiness is almost like if you're super successful and you're still selling shirts, then it's like, you're fucking hack. You don't need the money. But you know what I mean? But like if you're starting out, there's no, that's just survival. Well, you know, I did work with, so in that story, you say Polly Shore. I know it's not actually Polly Shore. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, you talk about like a like a '90s hack or whatever, but I worked with Polly Shore as an MC, and I'm like a tryhard at comedy. Uh-huh. Like I, I am a tryhard, like an annoying tryhard. So I I always help if I'm MCing. I'm helping the headliner sell merch. I'm taking pictures, every uh-huh. fucking thing. And uh, and Polly Shore sells two headshots of himself uh, that he'll sign for you. There, one is a low res image of him from. Oh, I don't have the cattle. One is Encino Man. Oh, and Biodome. The other one's Biodome. So Encino Man and Biodome. These two headshots. Right. One's not even a headshot. One is a headshot. One is just a low res still from the movie. Right. And uh, they're 20 bucks each. I sold. Polly and I combined to sell probably $2,500 worth. And how much money did he give you? He gave me a hundred bucks, but I also filmed his set. But he also accused me of taking money because I was just like shoving, you know, it's like all happening very quickly, right? So I'm shoving it in my pockets. I had empty pockets. Mm. I completely empty my pockets out for him. And he's like, are you sure there's not more? In wow, there? really? Like, <laughs> just like, what? First off, like, I don't, I mean, like, I... It's like, every set you've, you've made, you don't deserve. Like, literally every <laughs> single set. So you're worried I'm stealing. None of this. You've earned none of it. Yeah. You are a piece of shit who was born into a good situation, who is annoying at the right time. You know what I mean? You were just annoying in 1992, and for some reason, uh, that was appealing to fucking half a tard 12 year olds like you don't deserve any money there's 20 really, years later still 20 I mean, yeah, like I'm really lashing out on him but he also like he uh uh to be fair he's not there, there's nothing that he sold out from i mean it's not like that's like hacky i mean he fair. is there's no like oh this isn't the integrity he used to have you know what right. I mean? like, did you, you know. did you ever work with him really or i know i don't want to say i never know. did and okay. and i always felt like a piece of shit for using his name and sure. i eventually changed it actually uh, oh, okay I the the it was a true story about the story I tell. It was actually when I was working with Tom Arnold, mm-hmm. who was very nice, and I still made fun of him. The act. It's a cheap joke. It's just the uh, the joke is uh, what is this? Just like uh, um, I worked with a comedian. It was like a big deal in the '90s. Kind of washed up now. Let's call him Pauly Shore, right? You know what I mean? It's a very cheap joke. But when I was working on the story, I felt like I needed kind of a cheaper joke to get into the story because the story's a little nuanced. It doesn't, it pops really hard at the end, but kind of builds up. So I just needed a little kind of like a slightly hacky thing in the beginning just to get the audience on board to what I think right. is one of my better bits. But um, Tom Arnold wasn't working when I said it. I would be like, uh, you know, someone washed up, it was, you know, it was a big deal tonight. It's kind of washed up now. Let's call him Tom Arnold. People were like, what, who? They had to remember for a second. And yeah. I guess people, it's not like, you know, people don't really hate Tom Arnold. So it was like, but then Polly Shore was like the easy one. Yeah. And uh, then it became a really easy joke, but yeah. it always got like a big pop. That Who did you me, change it to? me the confidence. No, I changed it to Polly Shore. Oh, okay. Oh, I see what you're saying. You... Well, I was, tr- before everything collapsed, I was trying to work it into a late night set. And uh, um, <laughs> one of the late night guys told me, uh, it was actually kind of funny. He's like, don't, don't use Polly Shore. It's kind of punching down. And I'm like, how's that punching down? He's a millionaire, but like, uh, <laughs> but like, uh, um, but like, it is like I think. Uh, uh, what was I gonna say? Um, I think I changed at that point to. Uh, I just changed it to. I was opening for a magician at a bowling alley. 
Oh, okay. Uh, and then, and then I had some line like, "Cause uh, sometimes dreams do come true." It was still kind of like an easy fucking intro, sure, but like sure. it was better than Pauly Shore. You know what I mean? Yeah, I did. Uh, I did this morning radio thing, uh, and they had. I actually should have just not participated. Uh-huh. I just, but they they were like, "Who's the worst comic you've ever worked with?" And uh, the guy I should have learned from. I worked. With, I was working with Augie Smith. Do you know Augie Smith? Yeah, I mean, I, I I don't know, but I've I've heard he's really great. Yeah, so he, so we were. Uh, he's like, ah, yeah, dude, I'm not gonna do that. And I was like, well, I have one. And then I told my my I I literally go one time I was working with Polly Shore, and then they have like a morning zoo like alarm that goes off, and it's like oh, the Polly Shore alarm. Because oh, apparently Jesus. so many people have said Polly Shore that they won't <laughs> let you answer Polly Shore. Well, that's why I said Polly Shore because I just knew he was a dick from all these stories, yeah. and I, I've heard really shitty things about him. And and I, I I have no the thing I hate more than anything is someone who's headlining treating other the staff or people lesser than like I said lesser than them as if they're actually lesser treating treating the uh, the animals that they uh, that are opening for them, but no, <laughs> but treating like people like you know like shit. So I I didn't have any uh, I I didn't really care using his name. Yeah, you know? the more the more offensive thing than accusing me of taking money from him was that he left with a 25 year old the first night mm. which he's 74 years old and hasn't had a hit movie since the 90s like what the fuck is what's yeah. going on but also like it's all what you would have expected yeah every every Polly Shore is one of those things where it's like he just lives up to everything right yeah. uh, I've never met him so I'm really speaking out of my ass here but uh what if I meet him once he's just the nicest guy ever <laughs> he, yeah he's not so bad like no, I, that's he, he just is what he is yeah yeah he's got some weird like idiosyncrasies like he didn't want this was like in the in the heart of the me too movement and mm-hmm. he didn't want any uh female wait staff coming into the green room and he also <laughs> we so he he didn't want any other comics in the green room which we didn't find out until he was not at the club yet, but the show was starting. I just love the idea of him just not getting the Me Too movement on any level to the point where he's like, I understand now. I don't want women anywhere near me. Don't get in the same room. Don't employ them. Like, it's like, you know, it's not, I think you're missing the point here. (laughs) The the other, like, most Pauly Shore thing was, so no comics allowed in the green room. And uh, he was late getting to the show which i mean he wasn't like late like anyone had to go long but when the show started he wasn't there and so i was like a little bit like fuck i'm gonna have to think of the credits to give Polly shore because i can't go in the green room and i don't didn't get to talk to him and so i was gonna say father of the bride there's one he was in a movie called son-in-law oh yeah he's not father of the bride (laughs) i know i was gonna bring him up with Father of the Bride, and I was like, "Oh, thank God, I dodged that bullet." When well, you would have looked it... so. You would look like you were confusing him with Steve Martin. Yeah, and then <laughs> I he did give me his credits, and he I was like, "Oh well," I I was like, you know, maybe he'd understand. Like I fucked that up, dude. I he said, uh, "You know him." I want you to bring up. Uh, you know him from TV and movies, and I was like, "You know him from." I said it like slightly wrong and he called me into the green room after the show and he's like, I need the exact wording TV and movies. <laughs> Which is hilarious because like, oh, so, but he didn't want it specific. He just want, you know, TV and movies. Yeah. But I, I think, I, I think I said, you, you know him from TV and the movies and he's like, not the movies, TV and move. Like it was like very like, like weirdly specific. It's like, weird when. Wording. 
certain people uh, have very specific like uh, introductions, even though literally everyone there is there for whatever, like for those specific. Like, you, don't, know. you don't have to say anything. You just say, give yeah. it up for Pauly Shore. Um, like you don't have to say from TV and movies. Yeah. Uh, my other, so my other, this is the most Polly Shore thing of the whole thing is, uh, at some point, like third show, he like beckons me into the green room. He has like the manager tell me that he wants me in the green room. Uh-huh. I think it might've been, it was like to change something about his intro is what I thought. And then I walk in and he's on his iPad watching the episode of South Park. That's about Polly Shore. <laughs> and, That's then, and then this is like right when trump got elected too and he had made like an animation of that i think ended up on his instagram and he's like i'm gonna let you sit and watch part of this with me <laughs> like, okay it was called like the weasel goes to the white house i think it's on his instagram and i got to watch like i say got to i watched like four of the nine minutes or whatever that it was I mean, yeah, it's not his fault that he's so crazy. He was like the the son of the the woman who one of the biggest gatekeepers ever. So he just had his ass kissed by comics, like yeah. his whole childhood. You know what I mean? Just fucking David Letterman being extra polite to him or whatever. So it's like, yeah, it's not like a surprise. That he's, I feel you know. like you might have some dates at the comedy store coming up, and you just uh, realize. How... <laughs> <laughs> well, you always see. You can always tell how little someone thinks your people will listen to your podcast by. <laughs> how, how 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 much of they say like uh i'm not gonna i'm not i don't want to say i don't uh think your podcast has a lot of followers but uh i was about to use the n-word at one point without any fear of consequences <laughs> oh that's i, I want to talk to you about that because you have had like jokes i know you're like a, a very liberal guy but you've had jokes that would be like not they wouldn't meet the wokest standards of today and that seth simon's article came out oh uh, yeah a couple days ago so fucking lame that article yeah well let's talk about that i haven't i want to talk about actually okay well first off i want to i want to bring up this is like an interesting moment for me it was uh december 31st new year's eve was the last time i saw you i believe of 2019 yeah i was like this is how yeah i was in like tacoma for like two months and i didn't see <laughs> well, but to be fair there's a pandemic and, the, there's yeah. a there was a pandemic and uh i think we both ghosted each other at yeah, different yeah, points yeah, for yeah. for the record was, i think you yeah. did yeah by the way we did make like firm a day like let's hang out this day yeah. and then you just never texted me back for for oh what? really yeah i think so i think so uh, my wife is like uh, my wife was like mad at you on my behalf i thought um, you just said we both ghosted each other well, no, and then after that, you were like, no, let's hang out before I leave. And then I just was like, ah, it's like, you know. Oh, were you trying to ghost me back? I ghosted you, really? No, I didn't, I didn't do it, like, like spitefully. I just was, <laughs> it was, I, like, I was spending a lot of time with my family, so I didn't yeah. want to have introduce any Jewish bacteria into my. <laughs> <laughs> but no, so, so New Year's Eve, you, you told me that I was included in a Seth Simons article, which is funny to me because, one, I stand by the point. I didn't delete the tweet. Like I stand by the point I made in it. I too like nothing happened at all. Mm-hmm. I didn't know for three weeks that I was in the article. I just looked this up the other day because I was uh, like. What was reading. the article? I, I, mean, I thought he tagged you in something. Or... Yeah, he put no. He put um. He wrote an article. It was actually the one about the 
like the oh, comedy seller. Some Twitter thing you got in a. Yeah, I just I sent a guy a message. So a yeah. guy tweeted like club comedy is code for white supremacy, and then he 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 shared a link from this database that Maria Bamford was maintaining or whatever. I'm sure paying someone to maintain, but it was like it was actually really a cool database because it had like the bookings for like 55 comedy clubs for three months, and then the demographics. So he used this as evidence. And then like black dudes, black dudes were overrepresented by like a lot yeah, yeah. among. <laughs> and so like, I just said, but like, dude, I think it seems I've worked with uh, many funny women on the road. Like, I think it seems horrible to be a woman doing comedy on the road, but I like, I just don't think there's a good argument for white supremacy. And then he, I also, yeah. And then he like, he like basically made it. So he's like, black men can benefit from and take part in white supremacy. And also, white supremacy is rooted in misogyny and then i was just like okay so he's just saying like the word that he used doesn't mean anything and he can just say anything means the word that he meant even well it's it's such a, like a, to say white supremacy just because you think they're not like club like clubs it's just such so many abstract ideas here without yes. any like any like specifics to reality it's well, just and then like he presented proof against himself that's the thing that and so i just like and then he told me that uh he's like uh also, I'm, don't you know that I'm, first off, I don't even know who this guy is, but he's like, don't you know that I hate being white-splained to or something like that? And uh, I was like, okay, like, I, so this is the, this is what it is, is like, the point is bad because I'm white, like, come on. Yeah, it's, it's very, it's, yeah, I don't get it. I think Seth Simons is, like, legitimately, like, like, people who support, and I've seen comedians lately support him because they, yeah. they follow his they agree with his ideology about white supremacy in the comedy club world, which is once again, just, I mean, it's just such a generalization. It's like, it's not, it's such a generalization. It's not even worth like, you know, you're like, you know, it's not even worth talking about. It's just like, mm-hmm. what do you, I mean, there's so many different club owners. They're all different. And right. in terms of saying they're white supremacists, I just don't understand. But like, but outside of that, like I've seen comedians lately support him. And like mm-hmm. share the article because it supports their ideology. Which, if you share that article and you support it, as someone who's like a son of a journalist, who's always respected journalist integrity, like it is so infuriating to see people share his article because he is an awful journalist to the point where he mm-hmm. should be sued. Like he literally at one point says, I'm "Talking about David Smith and uh, the uh, 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 what's it called Legion of Skanks." Whatever you feel about them, I don't give a yeah. shit. All right. I just want to write jokes. I don't care about all these fucking fights. And they're typically fights between comedians who honestly are just not writing material a lot of times. But like he said about David Smith, he literally said in the article, David Smith, comma, a Nazi sympathizer, comma, and then just goes (laughs) on. It's like it is so infuriating just in terms of journalism, just to see him say that without any information to back it up out of a just from a journalist perspective, it is so offensive to not have any information to back it up and also not mention he's Jewish. He's fucking right. Jewish, David Smith. So, like, to say that is such an offense to journalism 
And for yeah. anyone to be so into their own fucking ideology where they're going to ignore that they're helping perpetuate and, and put a spotlight on bad journalism, which is equally part of this fucking world of misinformation that both sides are guilty of. Obviously, Republicans are more guilty in many ways, but we that doesn't mean we should excuse ourselves. It's fucking mm -hmm. infuriating. If you're a comic and you support that, you fucking suck. You fucking suck. And you're not for journalism. You're not for you're not for like actual integrity. You're for your own fucking view, and you're a fucking fascist. Yeah, that's the. I actually that, that's. A, I feel like we are headed in the world towards like a more authoritarian government, and it's just like a coin flip to me which side it's coming from. Like I don't. I, I mean, I, I do think like clearly, the misinformation is a lot bigger with the right wing. I definitely think that. I mean, I, but that I doesn't excuse that doesn't excuse like deliver like justifying misinformation on the other side just because it's similar to your ideology. But you I'm know? not even talking when I say authoritarian. I'm not really talking about like the misinformation. I'm talking about like the harshness of punishments for shit like this. Like, like first off, I agree. He completely has devalued the word Nazi by by yeah. saying this Jewish guy who I'm, I'm not even going to examine or give the reader any information. You just have to go along with me that this Jewish dude is a Nazi sympathizer. Nazi is a very important word. Yeah. You know what I mean? It means something very specific. It is not a general term. And right. to say that this dude is a Nazi sympathizer is just so insane. It's the I mean, same. It's, it's like just, white supremacy. Just to not have information to back that up right. is, first of all, it just seems like libel. It seems like he should be sued. Like, is that not yeah. libel just to, in an article? Are, is there no, is there no like rules for journalism? Like, is it not, I mean, wasn't it published in a fairly respectable, I don't know, New Republic? I don't know what that is. But I don't know what it is. He seems to get published in things that are, I've heard of. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and they do it because he's very clickbaity, but he is a fucking moron and he's mentally ill. And the fact that people indulge in him is fucking gross. Yeah. Well, I think that the, the other thing too is, I think, have you ever heard, like, to me, when people will say, like, oh, I wish you had the courage to stand up for whatever, like, you know, this thing that everyone agrees with, right? Mm -hmm. Like, uh, I wish you had the courage to stand up for Black Lives Matter or whatever, or, like, they don't say this to me, but it's actually more courageous to go, like, this, I think that comedians should be allowed to, like, say whatever they want when most, like, commenters disagree right like the people who are yeah. writing these articles disagree i think most most comedians or at least a large enough portion of comedians probably do agree but like there's a lot of momentum behind his like his worldview or his view of comedy yeah it's fascist i mean if if legion skanks want to have a podcast where they're not inciting violence mm -hmm. or inciting like you know things that are against are not part of free speech as you know, but they're just making really tasteless jokes and they have a following who listen to them. What the fuck is your problem? Like, yeah. you know what I mean? It's just not like you're, you're wanting everyone to subject to what you agree with. And that's yeah. not, and, and, and it is, things are complicated. Trump has abused, like what Trump has done. It's actually not that. I mean, Trump has incited violence. It's actually not even, that complicated, but he has obviously manipulated the idea of free speech. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like, to say, like, yeah, just like, it's just, once you say there's white supremacy in the comedy club, 
you're not making an argument. You're you're right. you're you're shaping the world in this in this view of good versus evil, and there's no right. I think the other thing about the white supremacy argument that bothers me is like, first off, these are people who clearly would never walk into like a black comedy show where yeah. it's the audience is predominantly black and all the comics are black. And if they did, they would they would come out as hypocrites if they supported it, because that's like the shit that happens there is like mainstream comedy. Like it's it's. Like the shit that, like, he's not well, black advocating people also for black people. part of the patriarchy and white supremacy. Right. And the only one breaking free from that is me, this white guy who yes. is just right about everything. Like somehow white people have, have like, they've literally somehow said they're less racist than other people. Like they've, like, they somehow like have, have it's, it's like their own version of colonization. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like they colonize now ideas. And like they colonized yeah. self righteousness and 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 justice, and they're like, we hate white people so much, we're gonna fight white people more than anyone. White people yeah. are the best, you know. Like it's it, it's its own. Yeah, it's like an insane. It's an insane concept, and like, I, I, yeah, I don't know. Like every comedy club is different. There's not a fucking. They're not all run by some kind of organization. Like each comedy club is. Talk about a comedy club, I guess. Talk about specifics. But even those specifics are like bizarre. It's just like, yeah, it's just, you know, basically there's a lot of comedians who like irreverent. There's a lot some comedy club owners who like really irreverent shit, you know? Mm -hmm. And there is some overlap between some really irreverent people and some fucking trolls who are like, can, you know, be right wing. But not all of them are like that. Some of them are just fucking irreverent. You know what I mean? And it's like, but I... I yeah, I, I, and he lists. He also just lists all these other comics just because they were like in the same room as the person or on the same stage, you know. Right. He's like Bob Woodward if Watergate was um, just Nixon being in the same room as someone that Bob Woodward hated. You know? <laughs> Basically, yeah. Like he's done that to my friends where he'll like talk about a club, a show they did that was maybe indoors, but you know legally you know socially distanced for whatever reason and he'll like mention all the comics on the show and it's like these aren't fucking these are struggling comics trying to work trying to make money and right. it's like you're just outing you're just outing everyone but then again his whole purpose is for us to be annoyed so this is all fucking part of it he yeah, is well that's you know that so that's happening out here right now there's uh there's like producers unnamed producers secretly blacklisting people because they're performing live right now which first off what are the fucking chances that person was going to book me anyway? Like it's right. I've, I guarantee you, I've never been booked by any person that did that. I do want to read a tweet to you of mine so that, because it goes, I said, uh, this is, is that awesome. any live or just indoors or any live? Uh, well, we don't have a lot of outdoor right now because the weather's shitty, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's just in person. So it's, uh, my tweet is I know a white person who never tweeted about black lives matter or the oppression of black people until June 1st. Uh, and is now calling BLM his community and talking about uh, how he is making a difference by complaining online, proving there is nothing white people won't colonize. Mm -hmm. And then oh, I your tweet. That's my tweet. And uh, then I quote tweeted it. A joke that, similar to your tweet. This is a real rock bottom for me. <laughs> <laughs> and then on June, so that was on June first that he tweeted about it for the first time. On June twenty fifth, he hadn't tweeted about anything Black Lives Matter. Or racial oppression or anything like that for two weeks right it's like it was like he summer he took like a vacation in in uh in activism 
Man, nothing killed the conversation like bringing up a tweet. <laughs> <laughs> really just killed the momentum there. Well, it's like this tweet I wrote. <laughs> okay, I would rather you just show me your dick. Um, <laughs> oh, but we're going to get to that later, by the way. I, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, yeah, I mean, obviously there's a lot of white douchebags who definitely tried to be really loud during BLM and, and take yeah. over, especially fucking idiots in Seattle who tried to like, make it more about their views, their, their own fucking issues. Yeah. That happened a lot. Uh, white people suck. And, uh, and you know, I mean, I, yeah, I just fucking hate Seth Simons. I just, I mean, I, I've always seen him as someone mentally ill, but then like Jezelnik shared the article and I don't know why he did that, but like, it's just like, I'm starting to realize this guy's actually getting respect and that's kind of scary. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I actually sent him, I was, so he was on the Comedy Cellar podcast and I listened to him. Yeah. I thought it was like, I mean, I, I think there's maybe differing views on this. I thought it was like pretty, uh, there was a lot of integrity to have him on the podcast to talk about the article and not just talk about him without him there. Um, but he said he got death threats for the, for some of the like articles he's written. And I sent him a thing. I was like, Hey man, I disagree with you on almost everything, but I don't think you should get death threats. Like, yeah, I, obviously. Yeah. yeah, I'm like a free speech, true believer, which is that I think he should be able to say what he wants without facing violence. And I think that comedians should be able to make jokes without like having their fucking family doxxed or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, obviously, yeah, obviously there's a lot of douchebags who are on the internet who trolled him, but that doesn't mean he's not also a douchebag. Right. Like, you know, a lot of arguments seem complicated. They get, you know, fights between people. They get a lot less complicated when you just realize both parties are fucking annoying and, and, douche, and douchebags, you know? Yeah. Yeah, uh, that's, that's – a... You know, maybe they're right about each other on some level, you know? Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, um. When you, when you were speaking of uh, t me taking my dick out for you, I remember when the stuff with Louis. By the way, we can cut this out if you want. If you if this makes you real quickly, I'm not saying there isn't like an alt right shit in comedy. I'm not saying that. I hope that's clear. Like, well, do you think I'm there's... just saying like supporting something without any journalistic integrity is not helping the problem? Well, I actually think that alt right though is. It's such a lazy, what's happened is the same thing with Nazi, right? As we go, okay, we all agree that it's okay to punch Nazis, right? We all agree it's okay to punch Nazis. And we're like, yeah, I guess. Like, I'm, I wasn't thinking about it, but sure, punch a Nazi. And then you go, okay, well, now you're a Nazi, just so you know. I'm not, right, I'm, like, right, right. Like, we, we take this thing and we go, we all agree on this. Now let's broaden the definition of this to the point that we can start, like, culling the people we don't agree with or like. And that's my problem is, like, I know one comedian who was part of the Proud Boys, and he got fucking, like, nobody lets that dude just, like, go on stage and scream hate speech. That's not right. happening. So, I don't know that, like, the idea that there's a lot of comedians <coughs> are, that are all right. Thank you, by the way. That's We needed a run on sneeze <laughs> right into the, uh, I, yeah, the idea that there's, like, a ton of actual alt-right comedians, I think, seems unrealistic. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's all there's obviously a lot of alt right people in the country, so a lot of com you know some comedy fans are going to be alt right because there's all sorts of comedy fans. But in terms of comedians, I don't know. Like, yeah, I feel like you kind of know the ones who you know are a little you know it's like Nick DiPaolo. You know what I mean? Right. I don't know. It's like um, it, it gets a little blurry when someone who's just like kind of sometimes. 
some people can't tell the difference between like racist and like really insensitive. Someone who's yeah. just kind of an asshole. Well, <laughs> you know what I mean? And also, like, they can't tell the difference between sarcasm and genuine statement, or they're willfully ignoring yeah. the fact that it's sarcasm because it benefits them in that moment too. But, but but really, at the end of the, I just think like, believe whatever you believe, but do not support something that is journalistically such a fucking sham. You know what I mean? Yeah. By someone who's literally just. Like, I guess if you don't know him, like, everyone in New York knows he's, like, mentally ill. Right. And just, like, creates his drama. But then I guess the problem is then he moves on to, like, bigger, like, a bigger uh, national appeal. And then people don't know that. So they think he's fucking insane. And now this crazy person has, like, you know, is getting shared by, like, actual people. And now this, you know, fucking crazy person who literally, when he canceled Shane McGillis or Shane Gillis... I always wanted to get no Gillis. No, he, he, or not Cantor, when he brought up the video of Shane Gillis, he literally on his Twitter the next day goes, All right, now that I have these new followers, follow my bird poetry here. Like he shamelessly, it's the shamelessness of it was so infuriating. Yeah. Like it, not simply that he's doing this to get attention, his own follow. He's bringing someone else down to get his own follow. Whether he whether you thought Shane Gillis deserved to be on SNL or not, his motive for doing that was to get his own followers. For sure. And that is annoying enough, but then the, the shamelessness to act like that's not even something you should be embarrassed by is so insane. Like, the fact that he's just like, Here's, all right, now that I have new followers, follow this thing. It's like, uh, it's like a disgusting society. Yeah, it's like, it's like a sound, it's like, like the thing where someone goes viral and they're like, here's my SoundCloud, but yeah. on a scale on a scale where nobody's like taking like, that SoundCloud and using it to make policy or whatever. bringing someone down. It's just like, and, and, you know, I'm not, I don't know the Shane Gillis thing. It's not, you know, it's not my, you know, it was SNL decision. You know what I mean? And if there's sure. cast members, once the videos are out, if there's cast members who feel uncomfortable, you know, I'm not, I'm, who, I'm not, I don't run SNL, but, I will say it's, it, we shouldn't ignore the motives of the person who brought us this video of shame. Yeah. We shouldn't What's ignore that? the fact that someone literally just went through an old podcast, looked and found a video just to like, we, that's like a fucked up thing to do. Yeah. Well, it's also that it's that first we came poem, the like first they came for or first they came poem where it's like <laughs> first they came for the Jews and I didn't say anything because I'm not Jewish. <laughs> uh then they came for the whatever and I didn't say anything because I'm not whatever. Like, that's the way I feel about it is like, I don't want to do the comedy, the like. Not a ball to compare this whole thing to the fucking Holocaust right in front of a Jew, buddy. <laughs> You're like that woman who just got fucking uh, canceled on Star Wars. Oh yeah, no. Well, hold on. This isn't this isn't that crazy of a of a comparison. Uh, well, what, what did she say? She said, "What's the difference between being a Jew in the '30s and like being attacked for your political beliefs now?" Who is this woman? Uh, Gina Carano. Which is insane because it's like a Jewish is not a political belief. Right. If it was, I, Jews are good arguers. If it was, they could have talked their way out <laughs> of Auschwitz. All right, so this is how the poem goes. It starts yeah, out with socialists. Trade, I'm not reading you a goddamn poem. I'm just telling you the, the order. It goes socialist, trade unionist, and then Jews. Yeah. I'm sorry I went Jews first. It's the only one I remembered. Yeah. Uh, but the point is, is, like, these people doing offensive jokes are making it so that me, who's doing a lot less offensive jokes, don't have to face, like, you know, a fucking dickhead in Tacoma uh protesting outside of a comedy club over jokes and i think right. like 
like that's the maybe i don't want to do the kind of comedy they do but i def i would defend it uh because i think that it's like it's they're not stopping at shane gillis obviously right yeah and um no i agree and i and it's complicated because shane gillis is truly hilarious he's like a really right. funny guy and uh i think of you know from what from little i know i'm a very nice guy but like uh but yeah i mean i do it, it sucks that like it sucks that like there's like the crazy like like far left people who like hate really like offensive you know hate that jokes go into a certain area but the ones who are really defending jokes a lot of times also go like too far yeah it's like you wish you just wish like you know because they're like you shouldn't be able to say you know, everything's white supremacy and then the guy going fuck you this joke where i was in blackface and fucking <laughs> baby on stage is just a joke and then you're like all right can we can we have sane people someone said um so, Someone told me, like, they said the battle right now isn't between the left and the right, but the, uh, like, fucking uh, extreme and, like, everyone else. The extreme. Yeah, I think I know who told you that because he's my favorite comedian, and I've heard him say it on podcasts. Oh, yeah, it was Joe List. But yeah, I, maybe even me. a podcast he didn't with even, you. Oh, really? Well, he didn't – it wasn't – someone you else stole this material, dude. <laughs> um, but so, like – so, like, it, it's just, like uh, – yeah, I hate I hate extremes. I, I have always followed the Aristotelian, uh, the golden, the mean, the Aristotelian mean, the golden mean. All extremes are evil. The answer lies. Virtue is the middle point between two extremes. That's a uh, Aristotle was that's correct. beautiful. That's beautiful. It didn't bring it to a halt like you've been accusing me of for the past fucking forty five minutes. <laughs> it was beautiful. Uh, okay. The uh, my daughter's like is uh, stirring on this monitor. I'm, I'm watching. Shut the fuck up. Important <laughs> podcast. So I I want to make sure that we talk about a couple things before yeah. I have to go. One is, uh, you told me a couple of years ago. I uh, I was like we were talking about uh, working with Louis and what you would do if you were given the opportunity to work with Louis. Mm -hmm. And I and I said like, I think at the time especially it would have been radioactive here. To work uh -huh. with Louis, uh, but like, like morally, I'd be okay with it. But it would be like very much radioactive. And I think you told me like, fuck any comedian that uh, gets mad at you for like working for making money. And then you've since like done some shows with Louis. I did one. Yeah, I mean, I've I've done. You're my his <laughs> primary opener. You sleep in the same hotel room on the road. You book his his travel. I I, I open for Joe List once on a show in like pennsylvania and we had to drive there and like louis drove us he was on the show yeah i mean i don't know i uh it's everyone's call i mean it's every whatever what it feels comfortable i mean i personally you know i <laughs> i think what louis did was wrong and i think he's been punished yeah That's what i think and i think it's like insane to think he hasn't been punished mm -hmm. and i know He's been punished because he's a millionaire and I wouldn't want to be in his shoes. So I know he's been punished. <laughs> so like, I think it's insane to act That's like he hasn't, point. like he hasn't been punished. It's like, you're like, he's gotten away with everything. It's like, would you be him right now? No. Well then maybe he hasn't got away with it. So I, yeah, yeah. I think he did. Obviously I, what he did was wrong, but I think he's, 
I don't know. I think he's paid for it. And um, I'm, I'm, you know, I still need to do gigs. And yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah. yeah, I don't begrudge people for trying to make, you know, everyone should make their own choice, obviously. But like, uh, yeah. Um, well, that's I mean, nobody like nobody in the right mind would say that you're wrong for turning down work like it's fine to turn down whatever work you want. What yeah. I'm talking about is like persecuting people for I, having different morality than you. I guess when it comes to the Louis thing, it's kind of like. If you if you're saying you don't think anyone should work with him, what you're essentially saying is you don't think he should do comedy anymore. Mm-hmm. And where I stand and maybe I'll get in trouble for this, but where I stand is what he did was fucked up. He's clearly paid for it, but to think that the punishment should be the thing he's great at, that he's this is his artistic outlet for him to never do that artistic outlet ever again. If you think that's ultimately the punishment, I think that punishment is too far. Mm-hmm. And I think, uh, so I, yeah, that's how I feel about it. And I think, I think the world is dying and i think there's bigger issues yeah for sure i think there's like so much there's a lot of hypocrisy for people who are like against the death penalty but are like thrilled when someone they disagree with dies yeah right you know what i mean yeah um you're doing a let's talk about the one-man show because you have is it i think i've asked you this before but is it your third one-man show Uh, i think it's like my fifth holy shit really uh wait hold on uh da, 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 da. So yeah i've seen yes. off the grid what were the ones besides that i did a show about movies called crying behind 3d glasses um i did a show about losing my virginity called please someone fuck me i did my my first album was like a solo show called self-helpless and then yeah and then this um so first off i watched the by the way can I tell you the the pretense to have an intermission on a Zoom show? Uh, <laughs> you asshole. Did you watch the show? I watched. Uh, oh, yeah, you sent half. you sent me the audio from it because I watched just the first half. I haven't gotten to the second half. I'm sorry. I was I had a lot of motivation to, and then it took like a week, and I was uh, lost all motivation. Yeah, I mean it's a long show, but but you know. I intend this. I imagine as a show with an intermission in a theater. So it's like, you know, structurally, mm-hmm. that's how I imagine it. You know, I, I look, I love Stuart Lee and uh, he's used intermission in a really interesting way. And the, the way the structure of the show is an intermission. And honestly, it needs an intermission. Like, I need a break personally. You know, sure. No, I, I was, just, I mean, obviously, I'm just, I'm just joking. But you know, you're right. Obviously, the insecurity, you know. Yeah, well, that's actually the so. thing, though. What's funny to me about that is you have the insecurity about hearing someone make fun of you about the intermission but not the insecurity to go i'm doing a one-man show i'm doing nine a 90 minute one-man show on zoom and that's like the i mean first off i don't it's not like i have a 90 minute one-man show chambered but even like going like i want to work on material on zoom i'm just like no one's gonna show up i'm gonna be doing it to my mom and my fucking wife downstairs in my house uh it's gonna suck i'm not gonna get the reaction i want uh, so I mean, like, you know, you gotta take those risks, you know. I mean, yes. it actually helped me. I, 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 I wrote the show out be- right before the pandemic, and I had it in my head for a while. Oh, cool. And it was really hard for me to like. It was a show where I actually did have to memorize it, and it was really daunting actually to um 
do that. Like I actually put off doing it on stage. So mm. Zoom gave me an opportunity to actually kind of like, you know, memorize it in kind of a very low, you know, it's actually a much more comfortable situation. You know, it's just like an intimate Zoom setting. Because that's, that's the thing that's tough too is, you know, I have like, let's say, 45 minutes of material but that's taken you know years of failure and cutting you know cutting entire bits it's not the first 45 minutes of material i ever wrote there was a bunch of failed material along the way and that's the thing that's scary about to me the even the idea of writing a one-man show is starting down the path and going like well this fucking sucks and i'm 45 minutes into it well i mean that's my one man shows have a lot of comedy in them. So it's it's not like You don't consider them comedy shows? They're comedy shows. Yeah, they're comedy shows, yeah. Yeah. So it's like not like I mean, so what's the I guess what I'm saying is what's the difference between you doing an hour or doing a one man show in terms of worrying that it sucks? Um, because it's like if you're doing because the one man show is like that's the bit. You're doing like one bit the whole show with a lot yeah, of jokes but in it. it, it, it yeah, I guess so, but it's not. If, just listen, if, I, if I'm failing, like... if I'm failing, I can just go into my story about working with Tom Arnold on the road. Right. So eventually, I guess if you do comedy long enough, eventually you stop. Um, stop. Ha- I think stop thinking in terms of, I don't know, maybe the, the safety net of going into old, you know? I mean, not now. I guess I do that too a lot, but like, um, yeah, maybe that's what's cool about one man shows. You are committing to something, you know what I mean? Yeah. That's, that's why I think like, to me, it's a tightrope. That's what I'm saying is like, I think that the, the idea is daunting because like I'll write a bit and it's like, I'm like, holy shit for a four minute bit. That's fucking great. It feels like you'd have to write a 90 minute bit basically. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, I mean, do you, did you see Off the Grid as like a ninety-minute bit or an hour-long bit? Um, kinda, yeah. Like, I think it's it's like, uh, I mean, you know, in like if in in like a stand-up sense, I think it's like you know a long Goldman bit or something like that. Well, there's, yeah. I mean, I guess certainly like wrist, many but... jokes in the middle, but there's like yeah, it's all one. I guess, it's yeah, 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 yeah. No, for sure. I guess yes, it is a risk. But that's the risk of having something that's more focused, you know. That I mean, I I like both. I like both aspects. I like stand up. I like, I think it's fun to be able to say whatever you want and go to different places. But I like the cohesiveness of a solo show. I like, I like it not being fragmented. That's that's uh, that's something I like doing. So it's there's a risk, but there's also a payoff, which is that right. it's fucking about something. You know what I mean? Uh, and yeah, you know, and I like to, you know, I I. I'm a screenwriter. I try to be a screenwriter, so I've always liked the cohesiveness of a movie. And for stand-up, has always seemed very fragmented to me. And like in a way where it's like, you know, I want things to be about something. So I I I find it to have like a big payoff, you know. So do you when you sit down to write that? Like, what is the? Because again, like to develop 45 minutes, I've taken several years and pieced shit together and do it in different orders and stuff, which is like not an option when you're telling a story, right? Like, I mean, there uh, may be a little bit of like uh timeline shifting you can do, but. They've all been different. I mean, when I was first doing solo shows, a lot of it was, I actually did develop a decent amount of material like on its own, just separately. And then there's this moment where I was like, hey, I could piece these all together into an idea for a show and then add, you know, more in that direction. So that's like retroactively kind of creating the show. Um, 
like uh, like my first show about movies was about I mean the story is about this girl who I was pregnant who it might have been mine I didn't know and at the same time I was watching Jurassic Park in theaters and it, it, it was like its 25th year anniversary and it was my favorite movie Jesus, how old are you I'm old and what was it was uh what, what do you mean because Jurassic Park came out when I was like a third oh, no, grade no, no, no. Like I was watching the 25th year anniversary was in theaters <laughs> I didn't get a girl pregnant when I was eight but so like I'd watch in theaters and it didn't hold up the way I remembered it and then it came the idea of a show where I'm like waiting to see if this kid is mine which is like a big part of growing up and then watching this movie that didn't really hold up and then as I'm waiting going through these older movies to see if they hold up but as I thought of that, I was like, the reason I thought of that is because I have a lot of jokes about different things not holding up, different movies. So I retroactively could incorporate it into that story and then add other stuff. For this show, I just wrote it completely from scratch. Um, so it was much different. So I, I really did just kind of write it. I didn't really retroactively build on it. But, you know, um, I uh, did you like what you saw? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think it's great. And I think it's like the thing that impresses me is – the fact that you haven't done it on stage and I've done, you know, 10 or so Zoom shows and one of the challenges of Zoom is that the it's hard to get the timing because sometimes when the audience laughs, it like, like just because of the technology, it takes the yeah. it fucks your mic up and and all that stuff. I thought it was I thought it was good. I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed off the grid. I thought that uh it's unfortunate that you didn't get like a great video of it because i think that what a thing to release right now right i know i fucking regret it yeah um i, I, I should have filmed it beforehand and now i'm like moved on to this other show but like uh yeah maybe i'll still try to film it but um yeah i mean yeah i like i like doing that i like doing both they're both because you also do by the way you do like a you have a valentine show that's gonna have happened before this comes out but it's like you well that's just stand up you know I understand, but it's like yeah. jokes with some kind of theme. You also yeah. do the 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 Jewy we've done it together, the Ron on Super Jewy Christmas special, I believe. That's like, you know, I don't know how much overlap there is between that and then your like normal act, but that's like a lot of fucking Well content, the, man. the thing is, is like if you're just doing stand up and you're not a draw, there's really no marketability. Come see this right. guy do stand up. You know what I mean? Typically, the way it works is it's like come see, you know, Louis C.K. do stand up. You know what I mean? So, like, it, it, it's easier right. to be marketable if you actually have a show because then you can, like, actually possess an idea, you know? Oh, that's interesting. So, I, I, I remember I, I would go on the road doing off the grid and I would get a decent amount of people at shows. They didn't know who I was, but I used the, the, the concept of the show intrigued them, you know? That's interesting. That's uh, I think maybe. it's great to do, yeah, and I think it's good too because stand up so much of stand up is being unemotional or not being vulnerable, and solo shows do the challenge of each one is there are parts where I have to be like vulnerable, and that's a hard thing to do, and you have that stand up voice in your head going, "Don't do this, you're a fucking pretentious douchebag." We're so fucking cynical that we think being vulnerable is the same thing as pretentious, and yeah, so no. when I do a solo show, it allows me to kind of. It's almost like it allows me to break free from those, uh, you know, that kind of, uh, I don't know, feeling. All right. <laughs> Sorry. That's all right. <laughs> uh, a lot. I just drank some matcha tea. Say, to, what do you say? Am I talking too much? I just drank no, some. No, you're good, man. I, uh, you're, you're very, 
By the way, oh, can so you're doing a movie podcast with uh, Joe List? Um, that's it's fun. I've uh, listened to some of them. Oh, it is weird. By the way, you've you had like the biggest career ascent in advance of this pandemic of anybody that I know, which is <laughs> you do James Corden, you release an album, you get passed at the Comedy Cellar, you're on Comedy Central. And then the pandemic happens, basically. Yeah. That's maybe not in that exact order, but like roughly that, right? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Um, and But now, like, you're living my dream because Joe Liss is my favorite comic and you uh, talk to him roughly weekly about movies. Well, I mean, the fact that your dream is to just talk to someone about movies is... Uh... Well, I, I might talk about sports <laughs> instead. But... Yeah, no, it's, I'm, I'm very, like, I'm so... I've been, on multiple occasions, it's been cool to be like, Oh, that's like I know Ronan. Like uh, that's yeah. It's it's a it's weird how comedy gets you so close. Like the, to think that I was talking to somebody else about this uh, recently. Like the people, the comedians that I'm one degree of separation from is like all of them. Yeah. Like I know you, and you've done a show with uh, Louis C.K. Or you've like you live in New York. You've done shows, I'm sure, with a ton of people. Everybody, you know, the comedians that I know that live in New York have done shows with the best comedians in the history of comedy. Yeah. Um, and that's like, that's like really crazy. And to watch, like, I've really enjoyed watching multiple things you've done. Not to say that I'm taking any credit for them myself. Uh, but then like, you just have this, uh, movie podcast and I've thought about this. I have a story about you at the movies. Uh, when, when you... we saw Hail Caesar. No, we didn't see Hail Caesar. We saw knives out. Oh right, right. No, Hail Caesar was was uh, someone else. Um, we saw Knives Out together. Yes. I mean, I hated it. Um, I don't think you hated it completely. Then I was. I actually think you liked it more than me. But there was this moment. Really? This, I, I hate that movie. Did, did, was I like? Did I have a different opinion when I came out? I think you you liked it. I mean, I, I think you certainly watch movies differently than I do. So I think there were things about it that you liked that I probably didn't even notice. But uh, yeah, you're an enormous fan. You wrote a you wrote an entire blog post. I can't stand that movie. Yeah, but maybe maybe my hatred kind of seeped in later on. <laughs> By the way, now that I, we were talking about pretense, you did a a funny thing. We tried to get uh, your phone to connect to my Bluetooth, and instead, we just listened to your album on your phone. Uh, like the the tracks before we it was drive, when we were driving to the... something like that. I, mean, I think we were we were parked eating uh, pokey actually, and you. Oh, yeah. uh... <laughs> but, <laughs> but so... <laughs> which sounds so much more like a prick move than it actually was. We were doing. Uh... Do we see it at the theater, like right by the river, right by? The, I mean, right by the um, what do you call it? the the condos on the water? Um, no, I don't know. We saw it at, uh, it was called Lakewood town center. Oh, okay. It was a different place. Okay. Yeah. So, but anyways, the thing that you did that I still think about, cause I don't know, it's like, I can't figure out if it was because you're such a present person or if you're the least present person I've ever met. Definitely the second one. <laughs> <laughs> so we go to the urinal and you were very much like a, the conversation does not stop in the bathroom person. Yeah. And, uh, you're, we're peeing at, uh, urinals that are next to each other and all of a sudden i look down and there's just a stream of piss like running away from me like 
<laughs> I still don't understand what happened because you're just like <laughs> I gotta remember you, now. You just entirely missed the urinal and we're peeing directly on the just, wall. Like, ran out. I just like ran out. <laughs> I know like a, like a full piss went into the wall because you were I'm looking at me. Good. I know. I'm such a like I'll like do like a solo show with an intermission and then I'm <laughs> fucking moron <laughs> and then and <laughs> yeah uh what a, an intermission in that piss would have saved a janitor a fucking <laughs> yeah, i'm such a clown uh i burned my fucking eye while cooking the other day literally almost blinded myself i don't know if it's there anymore but fucking hot load of grease hit me right in the fucking eye but while i was cooking that's funny um uh, but yeah, uh, yeah, I'm a clown, and yeah, uh, that's hilarious. <laughs> I also love that I don't think you remembered it until this moment. Oh, 100%. <laughs> um, do you still take baths every bad day? I have, bad, I have a bad memory. Oh, okay. Yeah, and you're not important to me. Uh, no, okay. kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> I mean, like... Actually, I was thinking about this. Do you know, I'm sure you know comedians like this that uh, they always want to like play up how damaged and mysterious comedians are. Yeah. And what I found is that the only times comedians actually live up to that, because I think most of the time we're just like boring introverts. Mm -hmm. uh, but when another comedian dies is when like the real like perversion of what makes comics comics comes yeah. out. There's a comic uh, dude named Chris Brannon who uh, passed away like yesterday. Oh, and shit. like uh, he used to manage one of the comedy underground clubs and like oh, good wow. dude. And he became famous from something else. He was uh, like an activist and a like not an annoying activist, but like he was a kind of political activist guy. And he advocated for the Seattle Supersonics to come back. He went by Sonics guy. That's how most people would know him. Anyway, the shit. <laughs> like a couple people because they knew I knew him have sent me messages and like the, the horrible shit that I'm sure he would laugh at also that yeah. comics say about a comic that died yeah, is really the, like where the, like the, that's the true thing about like the nerve endings being gone. Well, I think comedians just know that and someone dies, it's the best opportunity to get a laugh because it's the most somber. <laughs> you know what I mean? We're just, we're just, we're just trying to, have a laugh in the best you know it's, it's just a great time to get a laugh you know yeah but uh yeah that's, that's true um that is true but you know i think we're affected by it too we just joke about it you know sure but anyway um i gotta go uh <laughs> <laughs> all right uh do you still take baths i fucking ghosted you by the way i, I really didn't oh, it's I, okay I we had like a vague thing and then it didn't fall through no so this is what this is the deal is uh we had a vague ish thing but it was like the only day that I had available oh. for like a couple of weeks. And then you were like, oh no, sorry, I have to write for the show. And I was like, oh, okay, well, like that's just going to be. But I told you that that day, right? I just flaked at the last second. Oh, I mean, I think like uh, we had like vague plans. I followed up three times. And then you told me that day, like that day. But like, right. yeah. But you followed up and I answered. After the third, the third attempt at following up, something like this. I, I might be say, exaggerating slightly. I will say this though: it is not ghosting if I flaked at the last second. It's flaking. 
I didn't go. Well, no, 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 no. It's ghosting. This is now we're getting fucking into it. I got forty five more minutes on this. My daughter can wait. Let's just let's just bring it up. All right. Uh, It was. I think there was multiple like, "Hey, dude, are we still on for Saturdays?" With no answer. Really. And then on Saturday, but yeah, we we don't we don't talk very much, Ron. On so it shouldn't be. Oh yeah, there was a coffee tomorrow at eleven thirty-six a.m. Let me get to it. Um, there wasn't multiple. I'll give you. There wasn't multiple. We talk. I'm scrolling. There's not that much. You're missing it then, because it's on on December eleventh. Coffee tomorrow, eleven thirty-six a.m. I did miss the it. next day, ten fifty four a.m. Almost a full twenty four hours later. Wait, shit, I don't have, sorry. I December eleventh. Oh no, December eleventh. Coffee tomorrow. Okay, two thirty six p.m. December twelfth. All right, twenty four hours later. Shit, sorry. Today was no good. I got to write for the show I'm doing. Tomorrow can work. Ah, yeah, full, full twenty four hours. Yeah, that's later. not that. You made it look like I fucking. Hold on. That's not that bad. I think there might have been a. No, wait, then I think you ghost me because then you go, ah, I can't do that. No, I did. That was what I said. How long are you here? Maybe the weekend. You said weekend because you're a fucking retard (laughs) after Christmas. And then I go, yeah, I'm leaving like January for this. So that works or free sometime this week. No response. I told you I ghosted you back. I told you that I ghosted you back. Um, By the way, these are the glasses situation. I hope people are watching this on video. They're they're like, Um, it's a real fucking old lady thing you got going on there. Well, Okay, yeah. So I, I basically didn't. You tried to confirm it the day before, and I took a day to be like, "Sorry, I can't do it." Yeah, I guess that is pretty shitty. Yeah, that's fine. We're still like, I'm not. I, again, this is like the. I know uh, you're not the first comic I've ever uh, been. You know, loose acquaintances with. That, We're friends. Uh, We're fucking friends. Hey, I'm scared to say it. You might fucking change your mind in twelve hours. We're fucking friends. <laughs> um. Yeah. No. Well, look, I'll be back in Tacoma. We'll, we'll hang out. All right. That, that's what I. That's all I wanted to end or this podcast. Or if I flake on you, I'll do it early. <laughs> <laughs> I just got no. But to me. be fair, you know, shit was complicated. You know, yeah, but I, I did. I would not have done that in normal times. I got you, man. I, I was dynamic, and you know. First off, the other thing is like I would have done it any day of the week in normal times, but I'm like trying to time out if I get infected by you. Right. Am I, I like, I when's the next time I'm going to see my family? And if I'm going to see them, am I going to fuck them up? You know, like, yeah, we're parents, or, you know, yeah. like there was a whole tentative thing going on, you know? Yeah. And I hope, did your parents get vaccinated by the way? They got their first. They're about to get their second. Yeah. Oh, great. That's my, my parents too. It's such a relief. I know you. I feel like their vaccination. I mean, I know they say there's delays, but I feel like every old person I know has been vaccinated. So yeah, so it's going well. Yeah. Um, but uh, all right, man. Well, this is great talking. I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad we, we talked. really cleared a lot up. I was never going to talk to you again if this yeah. didn't happen today. So she's like the the <laughs> like a really uh, uh, Louis and Mark Marin, a poor man's Louis and Mark Marin conversation. <laughs> all right. I'm gonna hate it. All right. I'll, Bye. I'll talk to you soon. All right, Peace. Bye.